I'm Dana Sosteger. After three decades in the marketing business and many years of being an entrepreneur, I've learned a thing or two about marketing. Join me as we talk about marketing, small business, and life in between. Welcome to My Weekly Marketing. Once upon a time, I knew very little about storytelling. I struggled with not being focused on just the facts and didn't really understand that stories are all around us. But then I met Sarah Dickinson. Sarah is a writer who works specifically with writing newsletters and knows the impact a good story can make to pull people in and captivate your audience. On this week's episode, she's going to tell us why weaving compelling narratives that resonate with your audience is so important. And she's going to fill us in on the steps she uses to integrate storytelling in her newsletters. So grab your favorite beverage, settle in, and listen to my conversation with Sarah. Here we go. Hey, Sarah, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. So tell me a little bit about your background and how you got to this point. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I have been writing uh, pretty much all my life. Um, I, um, had my first story published when I was in elementary school, uh, and, and I went to university for creative writing. So I have been a storyteller my whole life. Um, while I was raising my kids, I worked in the digital marketing space, um, for about 10 years. And then when my kids uh, grew up and um, graduated high school, um, uh, apparently they don't, grown children don't want to be full-time parented when they become adults. So I <laughs> had to, <laughs> <laughs> I had to find something else to do with my time. And that's when I started the Nerdy Quill and focused, uh, turned my focus to helping other people tell their stories through their newsletters. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. So um, is your journey different than you thought it would be? It's been very, very different. Um, my whole life, my only goal was to be a mom. Mm-hmm. And so it never occurred to me that there would be an end date to that. And mm-hmm. so um, doing the pivot into being a storyteller um, was never really on the books for me. Um, and I have um, found a whole new level of joy in doing it. And it's been really exciting. That's really cool. So what about storytelling is so compelling for you? Um, Well, as humans, we are made up of stories. That's who we are. Um, And going back, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, that's how we, you know, gave and passed knowledge on right, was Mm -hmm. through storytelling Mm -hmm. and our experiences. And that's who we are. That's what makes us makes us up as people is our experiences. And those are our stories. And so um, being able to help my clients and help people um, tell their stories and relay their experiences and their knowledge is just so exciting. I'm a lifelong learner. I love to learn. Mm-hmm. And being able to help people pass on their knowledge through their stories um, 
means I get to learn as well. Mm -hmm. I get to learn all Mm -hmm. of their things. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just excites me and I really enjoy it. That's very cool. So how do you use storytelling? Now you write newsletters for clients, Mm -hmm. right? So how do you use storytelling in that capacity? I mean, is it something that you include in each newsletter or tell me about the process that you use to um, put something like that together? So storytelling in business um, is really important because that's how we connect as humans. Now, often people will say, oh, you know, you need to know what your story is. And storytelling for your business goes beyond your origin story. There's like my origin story is how I've been writing since I was a kid and I worked in the digital marketing space. That's sort of my origin story. Mm -hmm. But storytelling in your newsletter goes even beyond that. It's sharing your knowledge and your expertise in a way that your people can relate to it. And so um, I share stories and I help my clients to share their stories in every newsletter. Because even the smallest little bit of knowledge that you want to pass on, um, you can pass that on using a story. Um, it's kind of like, you know, when you watch you watch a movie or you watch a television show or um, there's always sort of a moral to the story, mm-hmm. right? And when you were telling your kids, when you, when you would read a, a book to your kids or even fairy tales, you know, fairy tales start with once upon a time. Well, your story isn't necessarily in your newsletter going to start once upon a time, but there's going to be a moral to that story. And that moral to that story is your knowledge, that little mm-hmm. tidbit of information that you're giving to your audience. And the story that you're telling isn't necessarily, it isn't your, your grand backstory. It's about, you know, the walk you took, um, yesterday or, um, the, something that you saw recently or a thought that you had. Um, for me, a lot of times it's a movie that I watched because I write a lot of nerdy things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that's happened in your life or something that's happened um, that you've seen, something you've experienced that your audience can relate to and how your little bit of knowledge can relate to that so your audience can see themselves in that story and how that little piece of knowledge that you have for them also applies to them. Okay. Okay. So oftentimes like I will, I do, I write a lot of emails, um, both for myself and for my clients, but um, starting them out can be a little tricky for me. I never really know, do I open a story loop right away and then close it at the end? Or do I, you know, what if I don't have a story? What if I hit a wall? And like, I have no idea what to say here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, do you have a method for uh, like starting out a story or do you like get story, have a story bank somewhere or how how does it work for you personally? For me personally, I do have a, I keep a story bank. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have a note, um, notepad on my phone. 
So if I see something or I hear something that triggers, um, triggers a thought, I jot it down. My husband always makes a joke that I can't do anything without relating it to a newsletter. Um, we'll be watching something or we'll, I'll be having a conversation and I'll go, Oh, just a minute. I have just have to make a note. And he'll be like, <laughs> really, Sarah, really? You're going to turn that into a newsletter? Because I get all sorts of inspirations about how, you know, a comment someone makes or, you know, something I see on TV or, um, <clears throat> pardon me. I had a thought once when I was going to, um, get a coffee at a drive in, a drive through and notice how long the lineup was and then decided to go inside. And I had this moment of inspiration, um, comparing the two lineups from inside and outside and just jotted it down. So then later when I go to sit down to write my, my newsletter, mm-hmm. if I have a total block, I can just go through my bank of things that I've noted down. Um, so that's one of the story banks that I have. Um, I pull a lot from other people in my life. I like to talk about my husband mm-hmm. because he is an ever never ending source of ridiculousness in my life. <laughs> and, um, he gets into all sorts of antics. Um, same with my children. Um, I, both my husband and my two children are neurospicy. So they do all sorts of crazy things. And so, um, I like to talk about the crazy things they do and always try and relate it back to mindset or newsletters. And so, yes, I do keep a story bank. Okay. The other thing, um, the other thing that I do is I will sometimes start in the middle. Hmm. I will write down what I want, the piece of information I want to get across. And then I will think about, okay, this is the information I want to talk about. How does this relate in the real world? You know, what, what kind of, um, especially like, for instance, talking about numbers Well, with marketing, there's a lot of numbers that come up mm-hmm. um, and numbers can be boring. So mm-hmm. I think how, how can I relate this, you know, numbers in this, you know, in a fun way? Right. And so then mm-hmm. I'll try and think of what would be a fun thing to talk about that can relate to numbers. And then, um, so we'll start in the middle. Okay. If that makes sense. And yeah, so, thing, you, yeah. so you like, instead of start, starting a story in the beginning or, you know, you do, you, you kind of start in the middle and then you write the ending and then you go back and start and write the beginning part of it again. Is that what you mean by starting in the middle? Yeah. So rather than trying to come up with a story and fit the knowledge into it, I'll start with the knowledge and try and, and try and come up with, you know, an idea of where does this relate? You know, what, what might relate? What kind of a story would relate around this? Gotcha. And sometimes when I'm super blocked, the other thing I do is I subscribe to a lot of newsletters because I'm a newsletter nerd. Mm-hmm. And I have a folder in my email that I call inspiration. Mm-hmm. And when I get a newsletter that has a really cool subject line, I save it in my inspiration folder. 
And so when I'm blocked, I'll go through and just read subject lines until one of them sort of clicks with me. And it'll be like, oh, I could write a newsletter about that. Or I, I, I could write a story around this. Right. And something will click with me. Yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It it does help to have, um, and especially if, if you're drawn to it as an email, um, you're like, okay, well, other people are probably drawn to this subject line too. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I, no, that's, I was pretty much finished. I was just going to say that, you know, it's not that I steal, I don't steal other people's subject lines. Right. Um, but I just, I find inspiration because if I've enjoyed it, then chances are my people are going to enjoy it. Right. Right. So, that yeah. That's a really good way. Have you used chat GPT for some of that as well? Absolutely. Chat GPT. Um, I love chat GPT for helping me come up with subject lines. Yes. I also love chat GPT for helping me come up with topics. Mm -hmm. So chat GPT doesn't write any of my content for me. Um, because I believe in, um, the human element as opposed to the AI element in the actual content creation. But I love typing in Give me 30 top, please give me 30 topics to write about around lead magnets. And then I just get 30 topics. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to write about that one. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's how I, I've been using it too. And I don't, I don't, I think after a while you can kind of spot things that are written by an AI. Um, yes. It, they have a, a kind of a different pattern to them or, or just maybe a, um, different types of wording than most of us mm-hmm. use on a daily basis or something like that. But yes, I think it's a great way to generate. And I love that you say please when you're talking to it because um, I do that you. too at first. I thought, why am I doing this? This is not even a person, but it's just... <laughs> I do. I'm very polite to my AI. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so what is your... that You know, you're writing a newsletter for a client. What is your first step in generate them? Do they give you a topic and then you kind of roll with it or do you interview them or how, how do you do it when you're working with a client? So there are a variety of ways that I work with clients. The first thing that we always do is we create a, uh, a content plan for the month. So we will decide on each topic we're going to talk about, um, for, um, for each week. Um, of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it just depends on how the, how the client works best. So some clients work best by, um, talking to me and because I don't have the information, they have the information up in their beautiful brains. So sometimes, um, they are more verbal. And so what they'll do is they will talk to me for a couple of minutes, you know, one to two minutes about that topic, and I'll record it and turn that into a newsletter. Sometimes they will um, send me a voice clip that they have just recorded on their phone while they're out for a walk or they're, you know, doing the doing laundry or whatever they're doing. They'll send me a quick voice clip mm-hmm. about um, the topic. Um, and then I have a few clients who enjoy writing, but, um, we call it more of a brain dump. They like mm-hmm. to brain dump 
and then send that to me. And then I reformat it and grammar and everything and turn that into their newsletter. Okay. So it just depends on how the client works. Yeah. Okay. So when you say newsletter, are you talking about just individual emails or do you work with actual newsletters? And the reason I'm asking is because, um, and, and I've gone back and forth with my own businesses. Sometimes I will include, uh, where I used to, uh, create an, an actual newsletter for my clients and send it out weekly and it would have multiple call to act, calls to action in it. Um, but lately I've been just doing a single one call to action. Here's, well, the podcast for the week basically. And mm-hmm. here's a link to it and, and that's it. And, um, but I've noticed that a lot of people now are, are getting back into newsletters that are, uh, have multiple calls to action, have a lot of content information in it. And, um, people are, you know, even getting subscribers that pay for, uh, content like that. So I'm curious how you do it. Does it depend on the client or how do you typically, what do you recommend? So working with me, what I do is I am in relationship marketing. So my goal is to build relationships with your audience because it is your friends that buy from you. When you have like an Avon party um, or a Tupperware party, the people that are going to come and buy from you, number one, are going to be your friends and your family, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have, you know, sort of the acquaintance that comes and they may or may not buy. It just kind of depends if there's something that they want really badly, right? But the mm-hmm. people that are guaranteed to support you are your closest friends and your family. And my goal with your newsletter is to to turn your subscribers into that BFF, into that close friend and family. So that when you come into a launch period or a sales period, they are already warmed up, prepped, and ready to hit that buy button. So the goal with my newsletters is to build those relationships. So um, it is... Um, generally a weekly and sometimes a bi-weekly a newsletter. Um, I very much recommend not doing it less than every other week because if you do it less than every other week, then they forget about you. They don't know who right. you are. Anymore. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah. And um, only one call to act, generally only one call to action in the newsletter. Um, and these are relationship building newsletters. So they're not salesy. Um, -hmm. Absolutely. You are going to tell them about your offers or your services because that's, that's what we're here for, Mm -hmm. but it's not a hard sell. It's um, I like to describe a difference between there's a difference between an email and a newsletter. Your newsletter is about building those relationships and providing value and social and your social proof and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas an email is there to sell. So you use okay. your emails during launch periods when you're promoting things and, um, you're going to be sending during those selling periods, you're going to be se- sending those emails, you know, every day for a week or every day for two weeks, you're going to be sending a lot of them. And those are the ones saying, Hey, I have this thing. You need to buy it. But your newsletter is going out once a week, lots of value. It's going to 
have some stories, entertainment. People are going to be looking forward to getting that newsletter and to read it every single week. And yes, yes it's going to have calls to action, but not meant, not, you know, six or seven. It's going to have one that relates to what you're talking about in the newsletter. Yeah. So building relationships. Oh, I love that. That's really interesting. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, it really helps it. And I can tell that you have a marketing background as well, because, um, yeah, that really is exactly what you need to do is, is warm that audience up so that yeah. when you are in your launch periods that you can, um, relate to them in a way they've already, they already know, like, and trust you. Yes. So, um, do you work do, when your clients are first starting out with you? Do you have them do content? maps and or or content pillars or uh do you mostly just get a feel for them what they're looking for or how is it that you start out with them initially initially um so we will have a um we'll meet and we'll have a conversation and talk about what their goals are for their newsletter goals are for their business um, and where they want to go, what kind of things they want to, pr- what kind of things they want to promote, because mm-hmm. um, definitely in their newsletter, they're still going to be promoting. It's just not that hard sell. So right. we need to talk about what they want to promote and how they want to be promoting it. Um, and then I'll, um, I also do quite a deep dive into all the content that they've ever created. So social media, if they've been on podcasts, if they have their own podcasts, any blogs, anything. So I can really get a feel for their voice and who they are. Hmm. So that when we're meeting and when I'm writing for them, I already have them sort of in my mind. Um, there's also a uh, uh, fairly in-depth um, uh, onboarding questionnaire that I get them to fill out so that I can really get to know who they are and their business and where they want to go so that we can plan out their content. Yeah. That's really cool. So um, you have a free download, the Nerdy Girls Guide to co- Content Planning, right? Is that yes. the name of it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I just I just downloaded it today. So it looked really interesting. So, um, And you do talk, walk people through content pillars a little bit in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to kind of get your head straight about what it is you're going to talk about and, and why you should be focusing on just a few things rather than try to talk about everything. And I know in marketing, I mean, there's a million things that we could talk about. And so I've, I've definitely use a content pillars process to <laughs> plan out my own marketing. Um, so where can people find out more about that and more about you? So my website is thenerdyquill.ca because um, I'm in Canada. So it's mm-hmm. .ca. Um, you can also find me at The Nerdy Quill on Facebook and Instagram. Um, but uh, just a little warning that I don't, um, I don't do Instagram very well. I forget it's there because um, I'm a newsletter specialist. I don't social media very well. <laughs> But I'm definitely on Facebook at The Nerdy Quill. Um, Yeah. And so that's where you can find me. And I love to chat newsletters and nerdy things. Anything pop culture and nerdiness, I am in. So, yeah, that's where people can find me. And my downloads are 
the download is on there. And I really hope that it's helpful for people. It's the same, um, it's the same document that I use, um, to help me stay, um, help me put together my content so mm-hmm. that I don't end up with writer's block because writer's block hits everybody. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Sounds great. Well, thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate you being on today. And um, I will put the links to all your social media platforms and your download in the show notes for today. So um, yeah, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me, Janice. So are you ready to start using stories in your emails and newsletters? Honestly, I stopped recording our conversation too soon. After the interview was over, I asked her about something I struggle with, which I wish I would have asked her during the interview, how to actually create a story bank. I don't naturally think in terms of stories for some reason. I'm kind of a structured system type of girl. So when I sit down to write, I struggle to think of anything I can use for a story. This is why the idea of a story bank was so intriguing to me. What she told me is that whenever she does any everyday errands and tasks, Um, for example, being in line at the bank, she's thinking about marketing. So she thinks about how marketing is like standing in line, and she jots down the idea. Or when she watches a movie, she'll make a note of a relevant quote. Basically, she always has her story radar on and scans her world for potential relevant stories wherever she goes. And that's how she fills her story bank. That's something I'm going to try too. So does this give you some ideas for your own newsletters and emails? To get Sarah's free Nerdy Girl's Guide to Content Planning, visit my show notes page at myweeklymarketing.com forward slash 37. Thanks so much for joining me today. As always, I'm cheering you on, friend. See you next time. Bye for now. 